This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle, coming to you live from the seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. All right, Monday Night Football tonight. We know the Eagles and the Chiefs. The game of the year. At least we think it's going to be. We hope it's going to be. Sal Palantonio, of course, ESPN NFL reporter, host of NFL Matchup, and analyst on ESPN Radio's NFL broadcast, joins us here on Unsportsmanlike. And he did have the Jets and the Bills yesterday. Sal, at what point when calling that game did you ask the question either aloud or to yourself, are the Jets going to make a change at quarterback? Oh, Steve Levy and I were talking it on the broadcast. Uh, we were speculating that would happen at the end of the second quarter. Then we thought, all right, well, he's going to wait till halftime. And then he brought him out in the third quarter, and they had not converted a third down up to that point. And then, uh, you know, he gets sacked. And, of course, that's the end of that. Zach Wilson gets sacked, and they are like, I think, 0 for 7 at that point mm. on third down. And uh, that's when he made the switch finally. You know, it was just way too late. Way, way, way too late. It, he, you know, it was third and three. Jets 41. Zach Wilson in the shotgun. And he goes up the middle for no gain. Ed Oliver jumps on top of him. And uh, that's when Robert Sala decided that he saw, saw enough. Now, it was 29 to six at that point. So now you're putting in Mr. Boyle, and even though he has some NFL experience, he's probably taken very little, if any, of the first-team reps at all with this offense. And he's asked to come in down 29-6. to Offensive line is now at its eighth different permutation for the season for the New York Jets. And Sean McDermott's just dialing up blitz after blitz after blitz on Zach Wilson. And, you know, they're just coming to hunt for Boyle at that point. I just thought it was way, way too late. So I'm not sure I've ever seen an offense average less than three yards per pass play in an NFL game. Yet that's, that's where we were with the Jets passing game yesterday. I, I, I'm, I Actually, I've never seen a head coach plead the fifth when it came to whether or not he'd make a change at the quarterback position. But we saw that with Rob Sala a couple weeks ago, and that's where I want to go. Where are we with the job security of Rob Sala? Is is he completely safe because of the Rodgers injury, or is that um, is that to be determined with the remainder of the season? Well, Chris, I mean, first of all, I don't think there is a passing game. So, you know, we, I don't really we think we can even define it loosely as a passing game. They can't throw the football. They can't throw the football for a lot of different reasons. Design, the play of the quarterback, Zach Wilson, the fact that they have injuries on the offensive line. And teams just load up the box, stop the run, put Zach Wilson into third-down situations. He can't get out of it with his arm over and over and over again. We saw it against the Buffalo Bills defense. That's not that great. I mean, it's not the Chicago Bears in 1985 that had major injuries with White and Milano out. So, you know, that was an off defense that they couldn't move the ball against. They didn't at all on third down. I think he just waited too long. Now, for, for, Salah's, for Salah's job security, I don't like to speculate about that kind of stuff. You know, I cover the league 
I think it's disrespectful to the fans. It's disrespectful to the locker room and the coaches. But here's what I'll say about it, Chris. I think the closeness of Robert Sala and Aaron Rodgers is well-documented. It's out there for people to see and hear. Rodgers calls him Robert, and Sala says that Rodgers can come back anytime he wants. There's a deference there between the two of them. And Rodgers is under contract for 2024 on the hook for $38 million, I do believe. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Robert Sala is going anywhere. If Aaron Rodgers wants him to stay, he's staying. Well, Sal, speaking of Aaron Rodgers and his return, we know that he's targeting December as a date to come back. Being around the team, what's what are you hearing about Aaron Rodgers' return this season, and what's the vibe around the team about his potential return? Well, the vibe around the team is, boy, oh boy, what did we? How? Why did we wait so long with Zach Wilson? I think that's mm-hmm. the vibe around the team. You can see it in their body language on the sideline. You can see the body language of Garrett Wilson throwing up his hands in disgust. I mean, you can just tell. That's vibe, right? People aren't saying it, but you ask me about vibe, and that's the vibe. So Aaron Rodgers has targeted December 2nd. That's the date he wants to come back. That's a Saturday to practice. You've got an NFL player sitting right next to you named Chris Candy. They don't do much practice on Saturdays. No. No. No, no, no. They just don't. (laughs) Not unless it's a Monday night football game, and even that. Uh, they don't do a heck of a lot on Saturdays. So I don't know what he's going to do on Saturday, December 2nd. I'm sure we're going to cover it stem to stern for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i all about players dictating what they want to do with their body. So if Aaron Rodgers wants to come back, more power to him. Come back. Play football. Players play. Coaches coach. Reporters report. We'll, we'll watch and see what he can and cannot do. And then we will make judgments based on the context and perspective of the football team. But So I'm not going to make any judgments about it. But what I see from that offensive line right now is, do I want to be a 40-year-old quarterback coming back from an Achilles injury faster than anybody's come back from it behind that offensive line? That's the question that I would ask Aaron Rodgers if I was in a press conference. We're talking with Sal Palantonio, of course, ESPN NFL reporter, was on the call yesterday for the Jets and the Bills, the the NFL matchup show. Of course, you can watch on ESPN. Before I get to my question on Eagles Chiefs, if I had to guess why Saturday, December 2nd, would be the date for Aaron Rodgers, like most things with Aaron Rodgers, my guess is it's about him. That's his 40th birthday. He probably made up in his mind, I'm going to be playing football on my 40th birthday, and that is his 40th birthday. If That is a complete and utter guess. It's nonsense, potentially, but it's kind of where my mind goes, Al, when listening to you speak about that. Eagles and Chiefs tonight. All three, three of these things either are true or could be true, but which one is the best label for this game? Rematch? Showdown or Super Bowl preview? <laughs> I'm going Super Bowl preview. Come on now. That was easy one. <laughs> next, next question. <laughs> See, and I, I, go, I go showdown, but why, why is it easy for you Super Bowl preview? You know, the Eagles are 8-1. and one. They got the best roster in the conference. They got the best quarterback in the conference. He's getting healthier. The bye could not come at a better time. I saw him at practice this week. Sleeve is off his left knee. He was moving laterally. He had great agility. He was not in any kind of wincing pain that we have seen him in the past. There was no evidence of any hitch in his giddy-up. 
or limp. He was driving the football with velocity and accuracy. I mean, so I think uh, we'll see. It's going to get tested against Kansas City in that pass rush of Steve Spagnuolo and Chris Jones. It's definitely going to get tested. But the bye came at a good time for him to get healthy. The team is getting healthy. Bradley Roby's going to be back. Kevin Byard's got a couple of games under his belt now in Sean Desai's system. So, you know, I just think that this team, and you look at it, they got to go to Dallas. I understand that. San Francisco still has to come in. I get that. So they got three games. And if they win two out of the three, they'll get the first round, uh, number one seed in the NFC. And Jalen Hurts doesn't lose at home. He's lost one game at home. One. So uh, in the last two years. So, I mean, if they got the one seed, he wins one game. Then they're in the NFC championship game. I like the chances. Sal, one of the things I wanted to ask you about with this Eagles team is using Jalen Hurts as a runner. I know the design runs for the quarterback are down, but that's what made them one of the most explosive offenses in the league last year. Now, you mentioned the knee injury. Do you anticipate that we're going to start seeing more design runs as we get into the second half of this season as Hurts gets healthier? As usual, you're right on top of it. So the first thing that I'm looking for, Chris, tonight is this. One, other design runs. Two, does he have enough explosiveness in his legs to get away from the Chiefs bass rush? Can he move inside the pocket to get himself free to deliver the football if he has to? Those are the things that I will be looking at tonight because that's what made him so effective against this Chiefs defense. Now, the defense is different than the one in the Super Bowl. Remember, he ran all over him in the first half of that Super Bowl to set up a 10-point lead at halftime. You know, he would have, he, they won the game. He's the MVP. We all know that. We saw that. We've, we've documented that. So, yeah, that's the first thing that I'm looking at tonight is can he get away from the rush? Can he move inside the pocket effectively? And then do they have design runs for him to run the football? Sal, Andy Reid is 31-6 and six after a bye, including the postseason. Why do you think Andy Reid is so great after the bye? You know, he's just really good at designing offense uh, based on the opponent. We all talked about Bill Belichick's ability to do, um, you know, week in and week out, change his defense based on the opponent. It wasn't a system. It was a defense that was conting- had contingency plans built into contingency plans, depending on who he, was cover- who, he, he, who he was going against, what quarterback and what offensive system he was going against and what players. So flip the script, and that's what Andy Reid does. And, you know, he's done it more in Kansas City because of Patrick Mahomes. In Philadelphia, when I covered him for over more than a decade, sometimes he would be adherent to what he wanted to do with Donovan McNabb, and it got him into trouble. But with Patrick Mahomes and his ability to go off script and Andy Reid to change the script now, I think Mahomes has taught Andy, and Andy has taught Mahomes, and that's why they're so good together. Plus the fact, when you watch them on tape, you, you marvel at the sight adjustments made by Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes on the fly. It's like Brady and Gronk and Brady and Edelman. It really is. It's that good. 
Sal, I wanted to ask you this question about Nick Sirianni because it feels like we give a lot of coaches around the National Football League that that have winning records a lot of credit for their success, but it doesn't feel like Nick Sirianni gets acknowledged in that mix. Like when we talk about the game tonight, most people focus on Andy Reid, his record coming off the bye. We never talk about Sirianni, yet one of the subtle things that he does, and maybe it's not so subtle, is just his aggressiveness when it comes to going forward on fourth downs, especially in plus territory. This is a coach that's been fearless. I just wonder, is tonight's game one of those opportunities where we finally acknowledge Nick Sirianni as one of the best coaches in the National Football League? Let me ask you a question, Chris, as a former New York Giant, okay? Let me ask you this question. Didn't you think Sirianni going 3-0 and over Brian Dable should have been the coach of the year last year? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> he in my opinion, Nick doesn't get enough respect. I mean, for him to not get coach of the year and Dable to get it, even though he beat Dable three times, uh, blew me away. Now, of course, uh, Dable had a great year, but Nick had a much better year. So I think that's definite. I think he doesn't get as much as the respect that he deserves. I think he really understands how to work hand-in-hand with his coaching staff, his quarterback, and his analytics department. They have a very large, active analytics department under Julian Lurie, Jeffrey Lurie's son. They're very smart in what they do, extremely detailed. Sirianni is talking to them all the time. His new offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson, has known Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts was four years old in Texas. They're really literally, you know, there's the common denominator is Sirianni bringing these threads together, Hurts, Johnson, and the, athletic, and the analytics department. And it really has paid off in terms of exactly what you've talked about, Chris. He's comfortable being aggressive because he's got the science behind him, He's got the coach, and he's got the quarterback all on the same page. Sal, thank you so much for the time. We do appreciate it. We are obviously, like you and everyone out there, beyond excited for tonight. Kansas City and Philadelphia, Monday Night Football, all across the ESPN networks. Thank you, Sal. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. All right, there is Sal Palatonio, of course, ESPN NFL reporter, host of the NFL Matchup Show, and on the broadcast for NFL games here on ESPN Radio. Coming up. There is one team in the league that is likely headed to the playoffs basically without a quarterback. We will get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Can we go into 30 for 30 mode right now for a second? Go ahead. Sure. The great ESPN series available on ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, where you can watch all the 30 for 30s. Amazing. What if I told you <laughs> oh my God. that a team would have eight touchdown passes and 13 interceptions and somehow be 7-3 and three and squarely in the mix in the AFC playoffs? That's actually the trailer for the 30 Right, for 30. That's exactly, that's exactly, it. exactly. What if exactly I told you? I mean, what if I told you? Do we now have a team in the NFL that basically doesn't have quarterback play as legit contenders? The Cleveland Browns. And you could say, oh, it's because of injury to Deshaun Watson. They win yesterday against Pittsburgh, a win that on the offensive side, and CC will tell you in a second, he was not overly impressed with, which, I mean, no. I, don't know, I don't know how you could be overly impressed with them. But Watson, seven touchdowns, four picks. P.J. Walker, when he played, one touchdown, five interceptions. Mm. DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, their current quarterback, no touchdown passes, four interceptions. That adds up to eight TD passes, 13 picks, and if you look at the playoff standings right now with the Cleveland Browns, who may have the first non-QB MVP per CC and Miles Garrett in forever, the Browns are in the five spot, but tied with four and three, Miami and Jacksonville, and a half game behind two in Baltimore, and if Kansas City loses tonight, Baltimore goes to one, and then Kansas City, Jacksonville, Miami, and Cleveland are all tied at seven and three, and they don't have a quarterback. That, that's the thing that, that's so frustrating when we have the MVP conversation around Miles Garrett because we don't have easy ways to quantify it. Now, nobody, no non-quarterback has won the MVP since Adrian Peterson. I think that was 2012. But, I mean, just think about what you just said. Quarterback play for the Cleveland Browns, eight touchdowns to 13 interceptions, and yet you're in striking distance for the division lead, and you just beat the division leader – Two weeks ago. Okay, so I want to add on to your argument. I don't agree Please with do. it, but I think maybe I can simplify it for you. Please do. What you're actually saying is Miles Garrett is the quarterback, so we should consider him. He is the most important player on the team. He is the person that makes everybody around him better. That there are 10 other guys in the defense that because of him can do things that they wouldn't be able to do otherwise. Yes. He, in essence, is the quarterback. Yes, but the way we look at it is different than how we look at quarterbacks. It's like QBR, passer rating, touchdown, yeah, like the interception ratio, actual yards. And you can't do that with a defensive lineman. So I get why it's hard. But with the metrics that we do have, it's obvious that the Cleveland Browns are the best defense in the National Football League because think about it. It's not only that they have to overcome an offense that has zero production in the passing game, but they actually have to overcome an offense that gives the ball to the other team. They, they, they give the ball to – like they're one of the worst teams in terms of giveaways in the entire NFL. And yet this defense finds a way to be better. Think about this. We talk about how bad the Jets' passing game is. Yesterday, the Jets averaged 2.6 yards per pass attempt, which is putrid by NFL standards. I asked Sal a minute ago, I've never seen an offense that has had such a bad passing game. Oh, yes, I have. I watched it yesterday, and I didn't know I was watching it. It was the Pittsburgh Steelers, because you know what they did? They averaged 2.5 yards per passing play, which was worse than the Jets. I didn't know it was possible that a passing game not led by Zach Wilson in the NFL could actually be worse than a passing game led by Zach Wilson. But that is what the Cleveland Browns are. 
That, that's who they are, and yet it doesn't matter. This offense leads the NFL in giveaways. They've given the ball away 20 times, and yet this defense is still the number one ranked total defense in the National Football League. That is unbelievable. Now, I will say this. Based on how Stefanski and DTR managed the game yesterday, I'm not as bullish on the Cleveland Browns if that's what it's going to continue to look like. A part of the reason why they went with DTR over Phillip Walker is because they like his upside and they think they're going to need that top-end ability as we get closer to the playoffs. To me, I say you got to let the kid actually make some throws, and we saw that in the final drive where he positioned him for a field goal. The rest of the offensive game plans, the rest of their offensive outings need to be structured like that. If that means you got to go more no huddle, then so be it. If that's what brings out the best version of DTR, but they can't call a game. They can't manage a game the way they did for the first three and a half quarters and expect this team to get into the playoffs, expect this team to contend for the division title. That ain't going to happen. But we got to give credit to this defense and Miles Garrett specifically. I don't know what else a defensive player has to do to merit consideration for the MVP. But it's obvious to me that Miles Garrett is. Yeah, he's he's right there at the top of the conversation and should be getting way more pub about it because what they've been doing is outstanding. And when you look at the, the Cleveland Browns, seven wins right now, the question is, is this going to be able to be sustainable? Are they going to be able to continue to win if they're not getting the quarterback play they need? And I say, why not? Up until this point this season, guys, they've had, what, one half? of excellent quarterback play. That's it. One That's half. It. And and not even a, a total half of excellent quarterback play. And they're still finding ways to win. And I know DTR and his second start, he's still finding his way. That first start, I just kind of want to throw out the window because he didn't even know he was going to start. He was really thrust into that situation. Being able to come up with that clutch drive to put his team in a position to win down the stretch yesterday hopefully is a, a confidence builder as they continue to calibrate what he's going to be with this team. But even if he doesn't find a way... I still have confidence in this team that they're going to be able to somehow piece together wins because that's how amazing this defense has been. Yeah, there are a lot of teams and situations around the league where you sit back and you're like, the head-scratching moments, right? Like, how could the Browns be that bad offensively? How could how could the Steelers be that bad offensively? How could Geno Smith mean so much at this point to Seattle? You know, he goes out yesterday and Drew Locke comes in. Oh, my God. Drew Locke was up. awful. And he was the intended starter when they made the Russell Wilson trade. Yeah. Yeah. Geno surplanted him pretty quickly, and rightfully so, right? How could that matter that much? How could the Green Bay Packers somehow be in the same spot as we all thought they'd be in before the season, they're going to end up right there, seven and ten, eight and nine. It's amazing. Like some things are head scratchers around the league this year, but the Cleveland Browns, when you look at the totality of quarterback play and their record, it is a head scratcher, which leads you right into the MVP. It's a head scratcher, but we know how they're doing it. It's with, <laughs> I guess, a historically great defense, and that's what we have to start assigning to the Cleveland Browns. If if they win the division, if they win the AFC North a division that we said is the toughest in football. Doesn't Miles Garrett have to be the MVP? No. I would say no. I'm going to I uh, cuz I think Please help me. One, well, give me the me, uh, give me the other side of the argument. To me, you have to go even further than that and you have to be the number 1 overall seed in the AFC because and this is nothing to do with Miles Garrett as much as it has to do with I just don't believe anyone is in the same conversation value-wise as a quarterback. So I'm I'm admittedly coming in, CC and Smalls, with a predetermined bias based on the position he plays. 
And by the way, and that's the part that I'm saying is yeah, unfair. Right. Yeah. That's the problem with the MVP award. It's like Small said. We need to set that aside. We need to make it like baseball where there's a Cy Young award for the pitchers just because we recognize how their impact is disproportionate to every other position player. And then just go ahead and say the MVP is for the position players and the Cy Young is for the pitchers. Separate the two. Because we don't need to call it an MVP and say that it's open to everybody when it's really only open to quarterbacks. And they'll never that, do that. That has to change. We know why they'll never do that. Because of money. Because what will happen is defensive players will say, well, you got to give me more, I'm an MVP. And quarterbacks will say, you got to give me even more than you've already given me because I'm whatever you want to deem to be the Cy Young. Which then takes you to a whole other conversation, which has been out there for years, which I agree with, which is we should have a separate salary cap for the quarterback. Because the quarterback position and how it's balanced. Uh, okay, that, that, see, to me, that's a bridge too far. I, I'm just going to say this. Like, I don't understand why we have to hold that against Miles Garrett, the fact that he doesn't play quarterback when it's clear that his impact on his team winning is as, as big as any other player on the field, whether it's a quarterback or not. Like, the Cleveland Browns are not where they're at right now without Miles Garrett. They got other good pieces on that defense. They got they got Denzel Ward. They got Zadarius Smith. They got Ty, they got other players. Dalvin Tomlinson. They got other players on that defense. Grant Delpit, who's having an amazing year, but nobody's impact is like Miles Garrett. Yeah. And it, it, to to say that oh he's the front runner for defensive player of the year to me him winning that award feels anticlimactic. It doesn't fully encapsulate how important he is to that team. I think because we just all agreed that quarterback is the most important currency in all of sports and that they're winning in spite of that showcases his value coming up our monday night football preview brought to you by progressive insurance we got the eagles we got the chiefs is it a preview of the super bowl we'll find out next on sportsman like espn radio have you ridden an electric e-bike yet you need to check out electric e-bikes today the number one selling e-bike in america Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Monday Night Football tonight, Kansas City and Philadelphia. ESPN, ESPN2, Manning Cast, ESPN app, ESPN Plus, ABC. We got it all for you tonight. This Monday Night Football preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right, let's start off with the important stuff. Will she be there tonight? Of course. <laughs> she is going to be, Taylor Swift is going to be there tonight? Of course. She will be there. 
I know that she's got uh, her heiress tour going on right now. She just didn't she suspend the tour for a second or a date? She did. Of I think something she, that happened. The heat in Brazil. Yeah, I, I somebody believe it passed got, away waiting yeah. to get into the the stadium Awful. to watch her. Yeah, just tragic. But I I think that. She has this date cleared okay. on the tour. All right. I believe she's going to be there. The streets of Missouri have been talking. I think tonight might be the <laughs> night that the parents meet. That's allegedly out there. Ooh, I don't know if it's true, but it's okay. just a scuttlebutt on the street, the streets. But she grew up an Eagles fan. Her dad was an Eagles fan up until she started dating Travis Kelsey. And then you see Scott with the lanyard. You know, the Chiefs land here. Remember, we talked about this. I'm, I'm, not, about this. I'm not trying to be this. her yeah. travel agent. I know she flies, obviously, private in her own jet. Mm-hmm. But this is fascinating. So you're saying that, well, she's supposed to have a concert tonight in Brazil. But oh, I don't know, tonight? But I don't know. That may have been last night. I think it was last night. Right, but that may have been tonight. You know what I'm saying? That may. Oh, because it got right? pushed back? No, no, no. I'm saying I don't know the time difference is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. So, I think she already had it. And then she has another one in Brazil on Friday. Oh, yeah, so you're saying time. she's flying from Brazil to Kansas City, going to the game, and then flying back to Brazil? I think so, yeah. Wow. Cece, we got to at least give it's in love, love is love, yeah, B. We got to give love, in on Love that. is love, E. We got <laughs> to embrace it. The fact They are in love. She's wow. doing all of this. Travis upgraded the crib so it's more secure. So when right she's now. in town to visit, I'm just saying. Come on. Love his, is love. We got to embrace it. In his, we got to embrace in it. In his off time, in his off week, he went down to see her. And where, Argentina? Yeah, something I mean, he like made that. the trip. Yeah. Why she, can't cha- she? she changed the lyrics to a song? Come on. Yeah. She's yeah. going to be there. That's some travel. Car- Karma is the guy from the Chiefs coming home to her? Yeah. I'm telling you. Wow. Yeah, that is that, some that, travel. That, that's what's happening. All right. Uh, I'm going to fire some questions at you uh, about tonight. Let's right? do it. So Monday right, Night Football. Go. All right. Who impresses us more from the coaching standpoint? Sirianni or Reed? I would say the job that Nick Sirianni is doing, and it's simply because the catalyst for the Chiefs being 7-2, and two, as odd as this sounds, is not Mahomes in the offense. And, and Andy Reed is the offense. It's more of what Steve Spagnola and that defense has given, so has done, and so that's why I'm giving a nod to Nick Sirianni, just because of his overall aggressiveness in his game management. Even though Andy Reid is finding a different way to win, and in this iteration of the Kansas City Chiefs under him and Pat Mahomes, I think you got to give credit to Sirianni breaking in new two new coordinators. That is the difference in the coaching edge, so to speak, and that's why I would slightly put Sirianni ahead of Andy Reid in terms of who deserves more credit for where their team is at to date. Yeah, I was going to go that exact same route, CC. Both deserve a lot of credit, but we know who Andy Reid is. He's so established, and I think with Sirianni having that revolving door at coordinator and the Eagles still not missing a beat, I think that says a lot about him. And I think especially if the Eagles win tonight, we're going to be talking a lot more about Nick Sirianni and his chops as a head coach. All right, Smalls, let's start with you on this. Which, okay. which QB outplays the other, Mahomes and Hurts tonight? Ooh. That is, it's such a coin flip, but I think I think the Eagles are going to win this game. So I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts outperforming Patrick Mahomes. Here's the thing: I, I want to say Jalen Hurts because he's got AJ Brown. But here's the thing: Pat Mahomes gets to throw against that Eagles secondary, and I know he'll find a way to buy time against that pass rush that Philly's facing. So I'm going to say Pat Mahomes, although I'm not going to say it in my chest. He'll find a way to have more pro- productivity in the passing game. They've had a bye week. Those young receivers, as we move into you know December kind of football, this is the time where those guys have step got to step up. I think they get on the same page. I'm going to say Pat Mahomes has a bigger impact on tonight games. All right, Tonight's which uh, CC start with you on this? Which player puts up bigger fantasy numbers tonight? Has the bigger n- night tonight? AJ Brown or Travis Kelsey? 
oh, I'm going to go Travis Kelsey. Monday Night Football, Travis Kelsey. I mean, Travis Kelsey gets to go against that Eagle secondary, which is hella suspect. So, yeah, I'm going with Travis Kelsey. I don't think that's... I don't think that's something I'm going to overthink. We have seen the difference in his production when his girl's in the stands. And Mm. I think she's going to be there tonight. I think he's going to have a monster game. He loves the big stage. This is a Super Bowl rematch, potentially a Super Bowl preview. I think he's going to have a really big game. All right, Cece, I'm going to start with you on this since it's your position. Which defensive player jumps out at us the most tonight? Because your favorite defensive player is in this game, Jalen Carter. Chris Jones obviously had the holdout early on, but that, that defense in general for Kansas City is actually better better than their offense right now. The defensive player we are talking about on the show tomorrow. Trent McDuffie. Oh, Corner. Trent McDuffie. Yeah, corner in his second year. He's not a household name, but he's well on his way to being that. If you look at the last time that the Chiefs were on the field, this dude made plays. I mean, think about the game over there in Frankfurt, Germany. I mean, being able to force the fumble, that ended up being a game-changing play, a scoop and score for a touchdown. Trent McDuffie is a guy at the cornerback position that can impact as a guy that sets the edge in the run game, but also can be a lockdown corner in the passing game. Trent McDuffie, a name not a lot of people know, but a name people will know after tonight. Smalls? We talk about him a lot on this show, but I think this is a national coming out party for Jalen Carter. Defensive lineman, Philadelphia Eagles, the rookie who doesn't start who CC has said is actually the best Jalen on the team. That's yeah. how good yes. that he is and He's can that good. be. He's so All right. special. The, the worst question I'm going to ask, but I'm going to ask it because it's the number one game of the weekend. Everyone's going to be watching tonight on ESPN. We got Buck and Aikman. We got the Manning cast on ESPN too. You want the juice of the game. You want the players. Will the referees be a factor tonight? Oh, I hope not. The refs can't get in the, they get can't. In the way. Of the I have game. to ask it. It's my, all eyes are going to be on. You know it's going to be close. Nobody's coming to see the refs. I know. They to, better not. Preach. No. Go ahead on this. Please. I'm just saying. NFL Live is going to be there on location for Arrow, at Arrowhead. We got Buck and Eight Men. We got the whole. Eye, all the eyes of the football world will be in Kansas City tonight. I just i I don't want the refs. To, 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 to be the show, right? You know what I mean? Oh, I don't want them, be. I don't want them to steal the show from the two teams that are on the field and the coaching matchup that we're in store for. Like, the, the, just, just facilitate the greatness of these two teams, referee. Don't get in the way of us watching what we're anticipating. What is the most anticipated matchup of the entire regular season? Yeah, don't screw this up. Don't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't, don't mess don't this mess up this for us. Up. Don't mess uh, it up. You know what? Let me add one more. Is there a name, just throw it out there, that we haven't mentioned that we need to think about for tonight? Kansas City and Philadelphia, Monday Night Football, ESPN, 815. Basically, the the coverage starts now, right, with this game. Is there a name that has not been mentioned that should be mentioned for this game this evening? That we want to throw out there. DeAndre Swift. It's been good for the Eagles. Do we want to throw Pacheco, the running back for the Chiefs? Do we want to throw him out there? I mean, you're throwing a lot. You're throwing a lot of names out I'm there. I'm going running game because I wonder if maybe conventional wisdom is passed. I wonder if run actually becomes a thing tonight. Well, it was a thing in the Super Bowl, so I mean, that's a stew to you to point that out. I, I think that's important. The Chiefs' ability to be able to stop the run, but here's the thing: the Philadelphia Eagles have only run for 100 yards once in the last four games they played. So that would be the biggest question. I, I don't. I would say this, you have to be at least a little bit concerned about what happens and the Chiefs' ability to be able to hold up against the run game. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, another name that you could pay attention to, Nick Bolton, linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. Hadn't played in over a month. Mm. They're saying that he could potentially play tonight. 
So Nick Bolton would be a huge get for the front seven of the Kansas City Chiefs. So pay attention to that. A defense that's already strong could potentially be getting a lot stronger as they gear up for the stretch run. Our Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycles, RV, boat, and ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up, we Actually, have, Nick yes. Bolton is not going to play tonight. He's so not going to play tonight. we can tonight. ignore you, Nick. Sorry. We're going to yeah. have to ignore you. Um, <laughs> coming up, we have our unsportsmanlike moment of the day, but we're not going to ignore this. This is something that i got to be honest, I didn't understand was fully a big thing until talking to my friends Cubby and Larry about this farm fresh Christmas trees. Okay, so now we understand we're in Christmas season and people are going out there and buying Christmas trees. What you don't realize is the harm that can be caused by not purchasing real Christmas trees. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. You know that buying real Christmas trees actually helps save the American Christmas tree farming industry. You heard that right. For every 10 Christmas trees planted, an acre of land is saved. And so are farmers' jobs. They're losing jobs across the country if you're buying the fake tree because they're not doing their jobs on the farm with the Christmas trees. So, Buying real trees helps keep real holiday memories alive. You know, you go by the tree, you've got the ornaments, you've got the smell, you've got the feel of that real Christmas tree, and it helps our environment. Buy real Christmas trees this holiday season at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. Get more information online at GetRealKeepItReal.com. That's GetRealKeepItReal.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Be sneaky. Do whatever workaround you need. Get these two to decide that they're a package deal because you're the only package that accepts that delivery. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't yeah, make what? sense. You're the only I thought I had. No, I thought I had a good You almost player. landed the plane. You were right there. You, you know almost, what, though? You almost landed it. He said you it with his chest landed. up. So bad. Do you realize how bad you have to be to beat that on the unsportsmanlike moment of the day? <laughs> It is Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, or ESPNU, excuse me. I just screwed up that. Uh, with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, ESPN Radio across the country, of course, as well as uh, Series XM80 in the ESPN app. Yes, I, what did I say? What in the world was that? You are the only package that can accept that delivery. Yeah, I don't understand that one. So bad. Yeah, so that's, bad. That's a bad one. Okay. That's, that's a bad one. All right. Every single day, we give out our unsportsmanlike moment of the day or the weekend, something that is funny, something that's ridiculous, or something that is dumb, like what you just heard there. <laughs> uh, let's see if we can top that. The package and delivery line. How about this from the Jets and the Bills yesterday? Zach Wilson running back on the field, uh, courtesy of CBS. And, um, yes, yeah, oh. <laughs> he just falls. He's backpedaling. <laughs> And he falls on the ground. He just trips. I mean, there's nothing that says Jets more than that. 
It feels so Jets. You're absolutely right. It's the personification, the encapsulation, if you will, of what we're seeing from this Jets offense. Of course it would be Zach Wilson that trips and falls on his way out to the field. Unbelievable. All right, next nominee. So Tyreek Hill, actually in the Dolphins' win over the Raiders yesterday, got a little bit banged up, came back in the game, and he was asked about his injury post-game, and obviously he is very concerned. I think I'll be fine, man. The only thing I'm really bummed about, I won't be able to play Fortnite, so... It's the kind of thing I'm, I'm bummed about. I won't be able to play video games. That's what I'm saying. Which is good for my wife, though. She's like, hey, she got this new show. She like, she want me to watch it. So. What show is that? It's called uh, the, the, the Tyler Perry movie. Business meeting. And, and the family business on Netflix. It's so good, y'all. <laughs> so he's got a hand injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's upset because he won't be able to play video games. Also, he noted something. And I'm going to leave this vague. He noted his wife. Previously this season, he noted what he wanted to do post-NFL career. I didn't know he was married. Mm-hmm. Just leave that out there. Just going to put that out there, huh? Yeah, you know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, you know what he said, what he wants to do post- Yeah, we, we know what he wants yeah. to do in his post-career. He wants yeah. to be an actor. Yeah. I didn't know he was married. Interesting. Is that, okay. is that considered acting? The it, next one. Is that uh, I'm just curious. Cameras are rolling. That is a great point. Cameras are rolling. Yeah. I'm sure his wife loved that comment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that part. All right. Next one. Uh, college football Saturday, Clemson was playing, and Clemson runs downhill to get onto the field, and it's always a big thing. Yeah, and our very own RG3 is doing the game on ESPN, and he's running, and he's running with Dabo. Okay, Dabo. But Dabo Sweeney, a lot of people are saying, actually outruns RG3. And is faster than RG3. And RG3 has said basically that he wants, you know, maybe a deal with the Browns. They went with Joe Flacco, Mm -hmm. another former Raven instead. And um, does it look there to you? Because it does to me like Dabo beat him in a race. It does does look like Dabo got him in the foot race. Now, in in all fairness, RG3 is suited and booted. So that's a little bit different. And Dabo's got on like the, I guess, the, 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 the khakis with the... With the, I guess, the loose-fitting uh, sweaty sweatshirt. But, I mean, I don't know. It looks like Dabo ghosted RG3 right there. No, you know Shades he, of Mike McDaniel. I was just going to say, he gave him the old Mike McDaniel, where yeah. he made it seem like it wasn't a race, and then he takes off. Then yeah. he turns the Jets yeah, exactly. on. All right, we have another nominee. So, we know in Washington yesterday that they um, ran out of hot water after the game. So, neither the Commanders nor Giants yeah. were able to shower with hot water. Tommy D, Tommy DeVito, <laughs> after the game on... Um, Showering with no hot water. No hot water, they said? Do you see my hair? No hot water. No hot water, they said? Do you see my hair? No hot water. All right, so our nominees, before we get to Canty's uh, ESPN bet of the night here, we have my package delivery thing. We have Zach Wilson falling on the field. We have Tyreek Hill mad about this video game hand. We have RG3 losing a race to Dabo. And we have Tommy DeVito's hair. Most unsportsmanlike moment of the day? It has the to be you. delivery. It has to be you. Because I still <laughs> don't delivery. even know what that yeah. was. <laughs> package, package delivery has to be it, boss. Let's hear it one it more time. The, the winner of the unsportsmanlike moment of the day or loser, how, however you want to phrase it. Let's hear it. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Be sneaky. Do whatever workaround you need. Get these two to decide that they're a package deal because you're the only package that accepts that delivery. 
That doesn't make sense. That doesn't yeah, make sense. You're the only I thought I had. No, I thought I had a good. You almost player. landed the plane. You were right there. You, you know almost, what, You almost landed it. He said you it with his chest landed. up. So bad. You God, really that did. was terrible. You that said it with so such confidence. Bad. Canty's best bet has to be better than that. Well, we think. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's a little better than that. So this one I'm not going to get too fancy. I'm not going to go ATS. I'm just going to money line the Kansas City Chiefs as a part of a three-leg parlay. So we're picking the Chiefs to win. We're taking Pat Mahomes over one-and-a-half passing touchdowns, and we're taking Rishi Rice over 43-and-a-half yards receiving. So let me get this right. Moneyline, Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs to win. Pat Mahomes over one and a half passing touchdowns. And Rishi Rice over 43 and a half receiving yards. Sounds reasonable, right, Smalls? I like it, except I'm picking the Eagles to win. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Sounds reasonable, other than that part. Uh, but we're not going to let details get in but the that's way. A, that's a great so that, parlay. So that, that three-leg parlay plays out, pays out at plus 275. So, again, Ooh. you're not going to break the bank, but it's got it's got a little spice to it, enough for your lunch money. I love you it. You know, 100 bucks to get $275. That's the parlay for the night, the ESPN bet play of the night. Greeny up next. We are on to Tuesday. Enjoy Monday Night Football, Chiefs-Eagles. We're on Sportsman Night. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.